Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is Tehe. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. and welcome to the computer resume podcast the show covering the entire star trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old i'm your host writer comedian mr todd a davis tiktok star and tattoo artist extraordinaire she really likes star trek but she really really likes captain picard wink wink nudge nudge it's ren marie arrowwood yay <laughs> <laughs> how are you i'm fantastic wonderful other than i have a sinus infection right now but it's okay (laughs) oh you know what if you hadn't said anything nobody would know exactly Exactly. and i'm okay you're looking lovely as ever it has been so long since i've seen you I i was trying to think earlier today the last time i saw you and i think it's been well over a year. Yes. Yeah. I thought about that the other day. I was like, I haven't even seen Kat for over a year. Yes. Yes. And she, she sends her love, by the way. She's actually in Ohio taking care of her grandmother, but she was like, oh. tell her I said hello. <laughs> sort of a little bit of a background uh, for the listeners. We used to do watch parties at my house when Picard started and it was you, me, uh, regular, well, semi-regular uh, guest, uh, John Paul Newton. I think Gary Horn came to one or two. Uh, I think we tried to get him. <laughs> we tried to get him. He's he's on Gary time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we would just get together and we we kind of experienced at least the first one or two of those Picard episodes together. You know, yeah. I think I think we're all roughly about the same age. How old are you? Thirty. Okay, so yeah, not that much younger than me, and so next gen kid, I imagine. And uh, yeah, we kind of got to see Patrick Stewart, you know, put the badge back on his chest and and yeah. become and become Picard again. Really <laughs> I mean, maybe just because I didn't know you that well, but it was kind of like when you said, yeah, I'm a big fan of Star Trek. I was like, really? OK, cool. You know, yeah. uh, I think I think you were giving my wife a tattoo and I saw oh. you had a was it a com badge? Uh, I have a piece of flash. Well, I don't know if it's the same one, but I have a piece of flash on my wall now. And it's it's this. The Vulcan salute? Yes. So I think you probably saw that and asked me about it. But I was going to say, like, it's it's funny because people don't often think that I'm a Star Trek fan. And lots of people know that I'm a Star Wars fan. But I wasn't, I was raised on Star Wars and it wasn't talked about. Like, Star Trek wasn't talked about in my house. Really? Yeah. And so it wasn't until later that I actually found it myself and just kind of dove into next gen by myself. So like people didn't really talk about it. I just found it. Was it? It wasn't um, until Netflix like became a thing. And right. I was like, oh, okay. This looks cool. Let's watch this. <laughs> That's awesome. Was it? Yeah. Uh, and this has kind of been uh, a reoccurring element that uh, pops up on the show every now and then. Was it religious? Was it a religious thing that it wasn't mentioned in the house? Or? No, because Star Wars was such a huge thing. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, Star Wars I think it was, You know, people were so separated back then. It was like, you either like one or the other. And I was like, why not both? You Thank can love you. Both. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, I don't discriminate in fandoms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're both good. They're both it's good. Space. We love space. Yeah, of course. <laughs> space and oh. robots and aliens. Yes. Do you, um, so I imagine you came to the game a little bit late. I, I did too. I didn't, well, I didn't really get into next gen until it was already in syndication, which I think it actually started in syndication, mm-hmm. but, um, do you have a specific episode that sticks out in your mind? Like that oh. was influential or, or a character that really stuck out to you? I, other than Captain Picard. <laughs> Obviously I love Picard, but Data is <laughs> probably one of my favorites and I'm a Wesley fan. 
Really? What is yeah. it? What is it? What is it about Wesley? I don't know. It might just be a Will Wheaton thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Will I love Wheaton. Will Wheaton. He's Will Wheaton, just, if you're really listening to this. Now, so it, it, it helped. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, there was an episode pretty early on uh, that I watched, and it was a holodeck episode where they go back in time. And it's like, I think it was like the 40s. And I'm a huge fan of the 40s. So when they did that, I was like, oh, my God, this is best of both worlds. Like, yes. I loved it. Yes. The outfits were great. Like, everything was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think some of those um, some of those episodes where Picard is playing uh, Tommy Gunn Dixon, you mm-hmm. know, the the, mm-hmm. the P.I. Uh, guy. Yeah. Oh, man. I, man, I I'm love like, that's that a different show, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. And to see Data sort of adopt the persona of like a yes. 1940s gangster yeah. is so much it's fun. Like, it's like, is he a person? <laughs> he's didn't they say he was from some foreign country like he's from cuba or yeah. puerto rico or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah and this has been mentioned before how deanna troy was a uh big factor for a lot of uh young men my age uh did uh so was I mean, without getting too personal, was uh, was Wesley that for you? Was Picard um, that for you? Uh, so when I started watching it, I was much older than his character. Okay, so okay. Um, but at that point, I knew him as an adult oh. in other things. So okay. I was like, mm, but not really. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Just like, oh, but like, this, he's not that bad. Like, <laughs> give him a chance. He's fine. He's fine. You know, I think you should all be nicer to Will Wheaton. The way I treat my colleagues. Wait, what? And then his mom. His mom, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen. I've seen a lot yeah. of. I mean, you know, Gates McFadden is, uh, of course, wonderful and quite lovely. Um, but yeah, seeing like as social media, uh, you know, as you dive into social media, you'll find some people are really Ooh. big fans of Bev. Oh, no. <laughs> really big fans of Bev, and uh yeah i mean but that, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. why not why not in thinking back did the battle between star wars and star trek have much effect on your fandom growing up kind of uh and i guess that's probably where the whole disconnect between the word fandom came from for me so like oh. i am i would say i like a lot of things but I am not obsessed with one thing. And I think it's important to like things and it's okay to be super obsessed with a lot of things um, or yeah. just one thing. But for me, uh, obviously I went through an, like a super identity crisis the whole time I was growing up. So I'm looking at these things and people are getting so obsessed over these things. And I was like, okay, well, I can like all of these to a certain extent. Sure. And then, just enjoy it for what it is but I had a lot of people you know people would always say oh you're not a real fan if you don't know like all of this stuff and I'm like you can enjoy things just to enjoy them yeah yeah it's you don't have to know the combination to Kirk's safe exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can just watch it and enjoy it and just have fun yeah (laughs) I have a terrible memory so that would have never happened anyways (laughs) of course look You've seen my notes. I have the notes for every episode I've done so far. Yes. I have to do it that way because I've taken too many shots to the head. <laughs> That's the only Actually, way I can yeah, remember this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a bunch of concussions when I was in high school. Oh my gosh, from what? Like, actually, yeah. <laughs> specifically um i was i was on uh i did softball with my rotc group um i did softball earlier than that but that was the main thing it was softball with rotc i got hit in the head four times in like crap (laughs) yeah it wasn't not fun yeah you know on um like bugs bunny or like any of those cartoons where they get hit and it just like yeah Yeah, that was that was me for like my gosh just like huge lumps I got hit in the back of the head I got hit here I think it fractured my eyebrow I got hit like directly in the front it's not they were like you're gonna wear a helmet and I was like I can't run with a helmet so I took it off so I'm running to third base and I got hit in the back of the head I was like how how oh my god 
Well, geez, no wonder. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I'm spacey. That's why. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, that's actually something that you and my wife can't have in common. She can't, she can't stand baseball. We went to the local, yeah. we went to the Greenville drive. That's the local, that's the local uh, baseball team here in town for the listeners. And, uh, we sat, it's the one game I've gotten her to go to. And she actually went, it was part of a work function, sort of a team building mm. thing. And uh, the ball came straight at her head twice. She's like, I, I was scared of this going in. And here it's happened twice no. in one game. I'm like, oh. sorry, babe. I don't know what no. to tell you. <laughs> oh, gosh. Terrifying. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, between from the age of, 12 to my early 20s just <laughs> martial arts and just getting punched for fun yeah falling <laughs> off the trampolines of course of course like every kid did yes. you know and we, did, and we didn't sue neck. anybody we just sucked it up <laughs> yeah. mom, mom kissed us on the head patted yeah. us and was like all right go clean yourself off dinner's almost ready <laughs> shake it off you're good <laughs> okay so We've established that you are a next-gen kid. So when did you first, or is this your first experience with Enterprise? The Scott it Icons is my first experience. Is I'm actually really? watching it for a little while now. So yeah, I was like, okay, well, let me just dive into this. And I have seen parts of it, obviously, because you can't like escape the characters. But this is definitely my first experience with Enterprise. Wow. Okay, nice. just... Without giving too much away, initial reactions. What uh, what do we think of what do we think of Enterprise overall? Yeah. Okay. Um, there is I no like there is no wrong answer here. I actually really like it. Okay, um, that's that's the wrong answer. No, I'm okay. kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I am all about having my own opinion. So. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, I like it. Uh, the characters are well rounded and. Um, I'm, I'm actually probably going to continue watching it because I got started and I've been watching it basically all day today. Well, here we are, episode 33. I've found my first fan of Enterprise. <laughs> Everyone that I've talked to, and you know our friend group. It's mostly, it's mostly our friend group. You know group. what? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? They're you all- know, and I haven't, I can't say that I've seen like a whole bunch, but. I think it's interesting. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm always that person that goes into something and is like, okay, clean slate. Yeah. And I think that's really honestly the best way to approach things. I, you know, some of our uh, friend group are really heavy into music and I just, that, that was just something I, you know, comics, TV, movies, Mm -hmm. I can talk that stuff all day long. They get into music. I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I kind of discover it through TV and film and you know references made in comics of like hey i was really inspired by this particular band or this particular singer songwriter mm-hmm. and i'll seek them out and and then kind of go into it i'll you know find the back door into that particular thing that way and that's been a lot of fun i you know as an example like i didn't really discover johnny cash until after the movie walk the line and i feel like a lot of people probably were that way yeah. um i just it just wasn't in my wheelhouse i didn't wasn't raised on that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I didn't really consider myself a country fan and no. you know, Johnny Cash mm-hmm. was a lot of country. And, uh, but you know, after seeing the movie and hearing the stories behind, behind the songs, behind the albums, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to deep dive and just see, just see what I find. And just deep diving into Johnny Cash. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, you know, we <laughs> took a, we took a road trip here not that long ago for Kat's birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wound up in Nashville and wow. we went to the Johnny Cash Museum and it was outstanding. I can't recommend it enough. If you find yourself in Nashville, even yeah. if you, even if you've only just heard of Johnny Cash, do yourself a favor. Is it cool? Go, it's so cool. Yeah. And they, it's kind of like Graceland. Have you been to Graceland? Not yet. It is it's definitely pretty cool. Like, it's, and I it's on my bucket list. Yeah. About this, but yeah. Well, yeah. and the, and the fact that they worked so closely to get uh, mm-hmm. together, at least there at the beginning, it, it was kind of fun to see where the things overlapped and, yeah. uh, oh man. Yeah. We did. Uh, when we went to Las Vegas for our seventh wedding anniversary, wow. uh, lucky number seven, we, uh, we stayed at the hotel. We stayed at the 
the the Wingate where Elvis stayed when he was in when he was in Vegas. Mm-hmm. He basically took the entire top floor. And they had like four suites up there. And, and of course he's Elvis. So he's just like, yeah, just, just go like, ahead. And... I'm going to go from door to door. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Just knock down the walls. <laughs> oh, wow. Just knock down oh. the walls. And yeah, uh, th- so they did. And they turned it into one giant, gigantic suite. And that was, a, but they've left it the way it was when wow. he was, when he stayed there. And you can actually go up the elevator and visit it. And it's, That's and cool. take little tours through it. And it's, amazing it's so cool is it like super is are there like different themes and stuff inside the room um no it was pretty much one central color scheme strange uh, yeah, but but very 70s, but yes, you know, very, very 70s. They yeah. like I said, they left it as it was, and gotcha. uh, but it's cool. <laughs> it, even that elevator, even the elevator you take, it's a specific elevator wow. from the lobby with a big gold couch That's in it, and just cool. uh, it's That's so cool. Like really fun, like just experience. Well, yeah, and see when uh cat uh had a job thing she had to go to uh some hospital in alabama and on our way down was when i was you know selling my comic book at the time so i was stopping at a couple shops along the way and i was at the hotel she went to do her thing she got back about midday and she goes uh i just saw a sign for the birthplace of elvis not graceland the birthplace of elvis elvis's birth home I was like, I was like, why are we not there right now? So we just, we jumped in the car and drove. And of course they've turned it into this whole, uh, you know, attraction. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was absolutely wild. Here we are at this two room house. That's slightly bigger than a garage and they've preserved everything. Imagine you're you're the house you were born in or like raised in being preserved. Oh my god, yeah. Well, it's I because honest because honestly, the house that I was born in Mm -hmm. is not far from here, and I pass it, I pass it fairly regularly. And it was this it was the first place that Pat and Walt Davis moved in when they moved down in the mid to late 70s from Pennsylvania and set up shop there. Wait, y'all are from Pennsylvania too? Yeah, yeah, mom and dad are from Harrisburg. Oh, got, really? Do we? Yeah, talk about got, I don't know. I've got an aunt, and uncle, a whole bunch of cousins in um, in Pittsburgh. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm from Lewisburg. Really? Yeah. When like, did you When Pittsburgh. did you come down? Um, well, I wasn't actually born there. I was born in Greenwood. Um, and then we moved there like right after I was born, and my sister or my brother was born up there. But we, li- I lived there for about eight years. Came down here in '99. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think the Davises moved to South Carolina in, I want to say, late 70s, because uh, I was born in 83. We stayed there on Ike's Road in Taylor, South Carolina, till until I was eight. And then yeah. that's what that's when we moved out to Greer. Because oh, um, wow. my father, my father went to Bob Jones University on the GI oh. on the GI Bill from, you know, from coming back from Vietnam. And one of the guys he went to school with was a, became a contractor and was building houses out in Greer. Jeez. And so he reached, uh, I, they reconnected and my dad still lives out there in Greer. I went to see old him over Davis the weekend. Lore. Old Davis lore. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's the, this, another chapter of the secret origin of Todd A. Davis. Um, okay. So we've strayed a little bit, but uh, so this, this particular episode kind of shows the fact, I mean, we've talked about here on the show, the idea that this particular enterprise is not the super comfy Tesla. We are mm. this, this thing cruising around the galaxies, basically the Honda Civic right. <laughs> of starships. It's one step above a submarine. But and he do not go fast. Yeah. Yeah. Not going fast at all. We're, ba- <laughs> we're, we're just shy of like putting up a sail and holding a hair dryer. Yeah. Let's hope it works, guys. Here we go. Trip. <laughs> Hold on. Trip, you got your duct tape? All right. <laughs> but uh, but this is kind of showing like, hey, we're, you know, we were not super prepared structurally to handle all of these things. And I think and- that's 
fascinating. It is. It's very fascinating. Hell, this is the this is the first crew whose yeah. uniforms have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, it's like they've got to have stuff like next gen. They just kind of showed up and just had a holster on their side of like, yeah, yeah. Is it Velcro? Like, what did they do? It just sticks on. It's mag. They get like a little magnet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Magnets. Oh my gosh. But yeah, this is this is kind of interesting to see them basically having to make first contact and then that first contact basically turning into a sleepover. Yeah. It's Any... it's fascinating because like, you know, they're pioneers. They Nobody, are. you know, it's this... it's the first, which I think is cool. I think it's it's cool to go back like yeah. that. This is, this, the NX-01 is their covered wagon. It's, you know, yeah, it, you know, we might have to batten down the hatches and, you know, tuck our heads to weather the storm, but. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah, quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's cool. Like, they all just, like, end up in that catwalk. Yeah. Just hanging out. And it's yeah. like. Watch, watching movies. People, are, people are grilling out. They're playing cards. Like, it feels, it feels very. It feels very frontier. It feels very colonial. Yeah. Just kind of like, okay, this is it. So here we are all together. It's it's almost surprising no one broke out into song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like sea shanties. There once was a ship, but to the skies, the name of the ship was the Enterprise. Her nacelles lit, her phasers armed, oh blow, you red shirts blow. Soon may the flagship come, bring a survey tea and Orion rum. One day when the scanning is done, engage and boldly go. Earlier today, I fell down the rabbit hole of sea shanties, and I absolutely uh-huh. love, I love a good sea shanty. There was one on TikTok. And then I recalled a few from other shows and movies. There was oh, okay. one, there was one that just, it, it'll move you to tears if yeah. you're fam- if you're familiar with the show. But uh, did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica? The new one? I did when I was much younger. Yes. There's uh, what's called Gata's Lament uh, is a, is a sea shanty, but it's very, it's very sad. I mean, obviously it's called Gata's the Lament. Tones, I think the tones that they can hit in those sometimes and the harmonies just like mm-hmm. vibrate tears out of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but just, <laughs> but just the simple, like, yeah. And like, it's almost very Gil- Gilligan's Island. I kept thinking of Gilligan's Island or almost some Christmas songs. Like there's, yeah. there's that sort of peppy rhythm that mm-hmm. you can easily march to and exactly uh, or you can join in on it like it's super easy to memorize that kind yeah. of thing oh, yeah gosh i love a good sea shanty well anyways uh so first of all thank you for joining us today thank you for having me yeah. <laughs> without further ado let's get into this week's recap spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert UPN Wednesday, when Enterprise is boarded by aliens. Get the hell off my ship! I'm in command of this bridge. All aboard are forced into hiding. They murder the crews, take anything of value. And the captain must make the most difficult decision of his career. I'll destroy Enterprise. Enterprise is hailed by three aliens. Hello! 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 Well, what do you know about that? They warn the crew that a deadly neutronic wavefront, too big to maneuver around, so big, Lord, have mercy. is approaching at warp seven. Since the ship is only capable of warp five and can't outrun the storm, everyone must shelter to survive the storm's radiation. The one heavily shielded place on board that might suffice for the eight-day ordeal is the catwalk. Beyond the catwalk. A maintenance shaft that runs the length of each nacelle. Trip must take the main reactor offline as the temperatures on the catwalk the catwalk can reach 572 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a spicy meatball! With only hours to prepare, everyone evacuates to the catwalk. The, catwalk. the crew entertain themselves watching old western films gathered around a small screen. The storm envelops the ship, and as the days wear on, nerves fray, particularly with the alien guests who start up a barbecue near a flammable conduit in the catwalk. Beyond the catwalk. Trip and Archer discover a problem as the injectors have started to come online. Trip must return to engineering to shut them down again, and his EV suit will only protect him for 22 minutes. 
He discovers an alien ship has docked and intruders are interfering with the ship's systems. Doc Phlox deduces that the aliens must be immune to the storm's radiation. When confronted, the alien trio confesses that the other aliens are looking for them, explaining they deserted from their militia when they learned their commanders were capturing other ships and killing all on board. Paul and Reed work to shut down the warp reactor from the catwalk. Down the catwalk. While Archer hails the alien leader, pretending to be the sole surviving crew member. He demands they leave and threatens to destroy Enterprise rather than let it be taken, and sends the ship straight for a plasma eddy. As the reactor shuts down, the intruders abandon ship. Once Enterprise clears the storm, the crew return to their quarters from the catwalk. Down the catwalk. Trip invites T'Pol to join their weekly movie night. The trio of alien visitors apologize for the trouble they've brought and depart. I don't care! So, we see here that this is part of deep space travel when your, when your ship is, in a word, flimsy? <laughs> Um, but they're but, not, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did, uh, Basically, it's, it's the Vulcan's fault. That's okay? true. For that's very true. <laughs> they could have beefed things up, you know. Come on, help us out a little bit. You know what? I get uh, it. <laughs> Humans are kind of crappy. <laughs> that's true. You know, they... <laughs> The Vulcans probably intercept, intercepted our uh, Twitter streams. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, no, don't give them any information. Have you seen all the things that their government officials are <laughs> tweeting? Hmm. Yeah. Let's let's leave them be for a few more hundred years. Yeah. yeah. They need some time. Yeah. Have uh, so. But this reminds me of student lock-ins and like youth group lock-ins mm-hmm. and uh, like sleepovers and stuff like that. Do you? Did you do that a lot as a kid? I don't recall. I don't recall doing that a lot. I just talked about this the other day with somebody and I don't know who it was. Um, I was definitely the kid that went to sleepovers and freaked out and cried and wanted to go home. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, it, well, okay. So in high school, I went to a few like leadership camp things um, and I was fine then, but that's that's kind of more like this vibe anyways i feel like sleepovers like with girls when you're that young it's nothing like what this was right <laughs> right it's definitely I... more like a big camp thing i went to science camp really yeah <laughs> at, at, actually at rubber mountain so get out of town yeah, was it a sleepover thing or was it like a yeah. day camp it was like a week-long like science camp yeah we, we studied like newts and stuff it was Damn, really that's cool sticks and water I'm very jealous. I'm very yeah. jealous. I've actually reached out to the Rubber Mountain Science Center about doing something with the show, yeah. and uh, I don't know. Maybe they're they're too busy doing science. They're probably to, very busy with like what's yeah. going on right now. They're busy doing science to you know check their it's Instagram. Yeah, in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah. So the. Um, I went to, um, of course, I've bored the audience to tears with my, you know, religious upbringing on many, on many an episode, but the camp I went to regularly was the week long religious camp in the mountains of North Carolina. Yeah. And that was, um, oh gosh, lots of, lots of praying, lots of crying, lots of memorizing. memorizing. Oh, what every kid wants to do. Yeah, summer. <laughs> but, Summer's so fun. Well, see, uh, Kat recently introduced me to one of her favorite childhood movies, which is Camp Nowhere. And oh, yeah, because I hadn't seen it either. And it's got uh, mostly child actors, but also Christopher Lloyd, uh, a Star Trek alum, Christopher Lloyd. And uh, we we watched that, and it was an absolute blast. But they're talking about summer a summer long camp that these kids would go to and i was like i've never seen anything like that around here yeah like you see that in movies and i've you know and then okay so you i don't know what movie it was where they're like jumping on the big inflatable thing in the in the water that was forever ago and i'm Uh like we never had that and 
my husband actually told me that they had that at his summer camp but again it was like a bible school like summer yeah where your parents abandon you and and you pray to sky daddy (laughs) (laughs) the house (laughs) our our food bill will go down for a week (laughs) exactly yeah so i mean i'm not familiar with that kind of thing but some people are i guess i will say this about camp and camping food never tastes better when you're out in the middle of nowhere uh you're uh sunburnt and (laughs) sunburnt mosquito mosquito bitten dehydrated (laughs) you get a you get a a, a frank on a yeah, on a, on a straightened on a straightened out coat hanger yes. over a fire. It'll usually end up touching the log, which means it'll get all that ash on it. Yummy and, and you burnt. S- oh yeah. yeah, and burnt of course. And, so uh, good. And you well, slam it into a bun. Marshmallows either. Of course, burnt marshmallows are great. If you do it right, you get that. You get that completely that, around the edge. Yeah. You get the the the, the fork the fork thing where ah. you've got the hot dog on the one and like a couple marshmallows on the other, and you just do them both at the same time, and you've got it ready on your plate. So all you have to do is like put the hot dog into the bun and put the marshmallows onto the graham crackers, put the other you know, and then close just that bun and just pull the thing out. Yeah. And there you've got That's your s'mores magic. and your hot dog, and you're ready to go. That's magic. Here I am oh. wondering what a hot dog and a marshmallow would taste like together. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's salty and sweet. It could be okay. It might work. <laughs> it just might work. Uh, <laughs> some people pay a lot of money for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, for dinner and dessert, if you wouldn't mind taking the hot dog and uh, just swirl it around in some dirt, that'd be wonderful. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> And some so tap sweet. and some tap water, thanks. <laughs> right from the spigot. <laughs> right from- <laughs> can you run? Can you run a green garden hose from the kitchen <laughs> out to the table and just let me? Uh, <laughs> Lead and all. Yes. Yes. And will there be tetanus shots all all around? <laughs> tetanus shots all around. Tetanus oh, shots. shake it off. You're fine. Tetanus, tetanus shots for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I- yeah, I, I think I've mentioned it once before on on the show. My father, the Vietnam veteran, not a big fan of camping. <laughs> oh no, I can't imagine camping. Oh, it's not camping unless someone's trying to murder you. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Ba- thanks, thanks, Dad. Oh, <laughs> think I'll sleep Ooh. in the car. Yeah, no, you're like sleeping in the middle of the night, and then it just comes and shakes your tent. What are you going to do? You just, you wake up with a sock in your mouth. <laughs> if I was Charlie, you'd be dead already. <laughs> like, oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, <I> go home. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so how do you feel about Enterprise as the beginning of this franchise? You know, it's, we've talked about, uh, we've talked about on other episodes where, Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future was in the 60s and how things progressed into the 80s and 90s with next gen and the next gen era. And it progressed even further as we went back to this point in Enterprise. But being that this show is 20 years old, some of the characters do some things that are problematic, I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any thoughts? Um, I think that's, you know, I think it's important that we allow things to grow, but obviously nobody's going to be great when they're not great, but they all have the chance to be great. Obviously there's a disconnect between some of the things from this one. What is it? Year 2150 something. Yeah. Sounds about right. And, and our te- the technology from from this one into the other ones it's a little disconnected but i think yeah, a little bit i i don't know that i have seen enough of it to give a full perspective but from what i have seen i think you know i would just look at it separately yeah it's you know in its f- first as its position at the beginning of the franchise 
But secondly, as in production, it was early 2000s. Yeah. Um, we've talked before that this show premiered less than two weeks after 9-11. Yeah. The, the country, the world was in a very different place 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And this show, this show, I think, reflects a little bit of that mm-hmm. in, in definitely, certainly in the treatment of, in, in two very different areas, I would say the treatment of women, for sure, mm-hmm. and the mistrust by, you know, white Americans um, embodied by the captain, Scott Bakula, Captain Jonathan Archer, uh, of, we'll say, we'll say outsiders to our own culture, which could be a metaphor for pick a group, (laughs) anybody really. Yeah. Um, But I, I, you know, as, as in the sixties, as much as that was a look to the future, a hopeful future, you know, coming uh, towards the end of the love era, you know, where we've got a ship crewed by um, an African-American woman a Russian, um, a, a young Russian mm-hmm. and, uh, and a Japanese, uh, Japanese American pilot. All of those things at that time were not super okay with everybody, yeah. everybody in the general public, but it was a glimpse to a very hopeful future. And I feel like as we got into next gen and the next gen era, and then winding up here at enterprise, the shift was kind of different in that it wasn't so much looking forward as it was a reflection of where we are now. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like now with discovery and Picard, that shift, that pendulum is swinging back the other direction. I feel like with the inclusive, uh, the inclusive nature of uh, different types of characters um, Mm -hmm. and uh, different types of characters in the narrative and also uh, a very, very diverse production, you know, yeah. behind, behind the camera, exactly. in, front, in front of and behind the camera. Yeah. I, think, well, I, think, I mean, I think it always had that project projection. Like it was always going to go in that way. I never, I would never assume that like this production as a whole wouldn't go that way because of how it started. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think, and um, you know, in looking at the end of the TNG era where, I feel, I feel like Paramount was just kind of desperate to keep the money rolling mm-hmm. in, which is where they got the green light for Enterprise without really much editorial input of saying, hey, you know, that theme song doesn't work so well. Can we? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to mention it on your it's own or if, terrible. or if I would have to prompt you. But I am glad to see that your opinion is consistent oh. with everybody that's been on the show so far <laughs> okay good okay no i hate it i hate it i was like when it started i was like this is a strange vibe but i'm gonna go with it yeah. and then it kept going and i was like we're never gonna change it oh okay yep, this <laughs> is it no 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 buckle up four seasons I mean, here we it go makes you, it makes you feel really i think it's funny in this in this specific episode they're watching westerns yeah. And it it gives you, especially with the um, um, trip, it gives he gives you such like a weird cowboy vibe, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, there's some ignorance there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you got it. It does it does invoke a lot of those Western vibes because mm-hmm. you got people grilling out and you got yeah. people sitting around playing cards. Like, yeah, if they were wearing spurs and and stetsons, nobody would bat an eye. It was. Just- <laughs> It mm-hmm. definitely has a very Western vibe. Do you have any favorite Western movies or shows? Is that something that's in your wheelhouse? Um, my grandfather's a huge fan of Westerns. So I watched them with him growing up, but they were uh-huh. never my thing. Uh, I do love Tombstone, but Tombstone. everyone loves Tombstone. Of course. Um, and then I think there's a really good one recently. It was like Hateful Eight, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's been a few years ago now, but yeah. Tarantino he makes a good movie. What do you- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. And I actually bought that for him, and he was like, "Oh, I, I wanted this." I was like, "Oh, good. It's nice. I, mean, I like it." Nice. And I mean, a stellar cast, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kirk Douglas. Yes. 
I'd I'd watch him I'd watch him pump gas into his car like the dude's just so magnetic. Um, did you ever hear the story about how Justin Bishop almost killed Kurt Douglas? No. <laughs> or I mean Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Oh, oh, that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. We could do without Kirk Douglas. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay if Justin kills him. <laughs> yeah, but not, not Kurt Russell. We need Kurt Russell. Yeah, apparently he was driving around downtown, and uh, this was during one of the BMW Pro-Am, you know, where all the celebrities are here in town. And uh, Justin looked down to check his radio, or he, he oh, glanced yeah. away from the street for a second, and then a hand on the hood of his car, and he glanced up right as the person looked Right as the person who did it looked at him, and it's Kurt Russell. That's so embarrassing. No, yeah. I would just get out of the car. I would give him my car. Like, yep. take- here's the keys. Here's the. Here's my wallet. It, you yeah. win. Here's my wife. Take him. Take wife. it off. <laughs> here's the thing. I know we both know Justin's wife. She might have gone with him. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I would. If here was like, here's my wife. I'm like, oh, cool. We're on for a ride. All right, let's go. Okay, but if that happens and you're riding, it, it, okay, so you're in the car riding shotgun mm-hmm. and you almost hit Kurt Russell. Yeah. But the drivers, Patrick Stewart. Do you oh, go with oh. Kurt Russell? Do you stay with Patrick Stewart? I'm staying with Patrick Stewart. There <laughs> it is. That, that that's that's my girl. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, okay, but like, they probably know each other, so they probably just get to be like, oh, hey, man, sorry, I almost hit you. They, they hang out. Yeah. Well, obviously, the, the, you know, the Picard family knows Kurt Russell. They, of course. It's the, uh, it's the awesome old guys. It's yeah. Awesome, awesome old club. guys gang. They, they get together for tea. <laughs> get together to review, like, the status of other Hollywood actors. Yeah. Like, are we still okay with? Yeah. 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 They just run down the list. Like, yeah. do we, we still? Do we still like Tom Hanks? Yes, we still like Tom Hanks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. He's good. Tom Cruise. He's on. He's he's not out, but he we're suspending his privileges momentarily. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Um. So uh, as we ask every week with every episode, who do we blame? Uh, this episode was written by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong. Their last writing was season two, episode four, Dead Stop. And this episode was, are you okay? I'm laughing because it's funny. I don't know because I need to, I need to watch more. I'm, I'm thinking I'm not being able to judge it because I haven't watched everything yet. Uh, Where, where did you, so did you start with this episode or did you go back? I started uh, a broken, broken arrow. Oh, okay. You started with Broken Bow. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Broken Bow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and watched all the way up to here. Have you watched past no, this? No. Yes, I watched the episode past it. Um, okay. I watched, I think, like half of the first season, and then I skipped and went to this, okay, <laughs> which okay. is easy because it's basically an anthology. Pretty much, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, you know, same song, and here's here's the aliens we're meeting today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That being said, because this is made when it is, like, you don't see the costume design like it was in, like, the 60s. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, not, you're not fighting Lizard Man looking like Barney. You're fighting. <laughs> you're, you're looking at, like, actual prosthetics and, like, all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. So I think it's weird to, like, be like, oh, this is the past. This is, you know, um, one of the things that always sticks out to me, um, you mentioned prosthetics and I love the Andorians, the, the blue with the white hair and they've got the antennas and I don't recall much of it in the original series, but I know for this one, they, they move just like, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. They move slightly and you can see, you can see that they've, they've got it to where it runs down the, where the antenna run down underneath the skin but yeah against, does it kind of go back their skull. And have, yeah. like, that little clicky guys to move oh their yeah skin. yeah and then there's uh i mean there's other ones with just mandibles and teeth coming out everywhere and just yeah. and the i think the cretassins the ones that worship trees mm-hmm. um have such a unique look uh and i really wish they had been you know um kept throughout 
you know, the newer shows. I mean, I guess at the time this was the show, so we don't really see them again. I, unfortunately, um, for quite a while, I hope they make an appearance in either strange new worlds or lower decks or even Picard, you know, it would be kind of cool to see some of these, some of these races that were created specifically for this show pop up somewhere else. That That would be cool. Unless everybody just hates it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure like the galaxy's so big, but uh, yeah, it just kind of, I mean, it's funny. I, I just covered uh, on a, I did a crossover with another uh, Star Trek podcast over in England. And we talked about the next gen episodes, um, the best of both worlds where mm-hmm. Picard gets turned into Locutus and um, the main uh antagonist to will Riker is a young woman named uh commander shelby and i was really disappointed that after this episode we never see or hear from her ever again she was such a great character and so strong and smart and confident and like small but like able to stand up to Riker. like hey if you don't if you're not going to do it get out of the way like Mm -hmm. and that was such a cool character to see and I expressed my disappointment that we never saw her again. And then they came out with season two, episode five of Lower Decks. And Commander Shelby is now Captain Shelby in that oh, episode. Awesome. And I feel like I spoke that into existence. Oh my God. <laughs> that's pretty exciting though. Like you get there. It's, it's like, there now. yeah, like, okay, well, I'm on the same page with production of Star Trek. Okay, <laughs> here we go. So uh, this episode was directed by Mike Vahar and his last episode that he directed was season two, episode six, Marauders, which I covered with Jake Donaldson here on the show. That was episode uh, episode 27, which of course is available now wherever you find your podcast. And um, we've got some interesting guest stars and uh, some of them, uh, a lot of crew, but most of them are background players. So we're just going to hit a couple of the big ones here. Mr. Zach Grenier as Renth. He was in Tommy Boy in 1995. He plays Ted, the guy who uh, he says, he says uh, on camera, David Spade's holding the camera and he's talking about his boss's new wife, Beverly. And he goes, Hey, you're a lucky man. Mm, what I wouldn't do to get a piece of that. <laughs> and they go, Oh my God. Yeah. He's that guy. That's a nice compliment. <laughs> yeah. Feel great. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. He's lucky. What? Yeah. All right. All right. Settle down. <laughs> But then there's, uh, he also appears in Fight Club. He plays Edward Norton's boss at the company who uh, ends up sponsoring the Fight Club. Uh, He's in Shaft and he did an episode of X-Files. He did eight episodes of 24. Uh, And this leads up to his first and only appearance in the franchise this episode. And after this, he still working, still cranking it out. He's done 12 episodes of touching evil, nine episodes of Deadwood. He made an appearance in fantastic four rise of the silver surfer, six episodes of law and order, which seems to be on everyone's resume. Like everyone has to go through law and order. (laughs) Dick Wolf, Dick Wolf holds the keys to all, to every career in Hollywood. Exactly. Uh, He was also Senator Dreyfus in the RoboCop remake. And then he did 62 episodes of The Good Wife, eight episodes of Braindead, and 11 episodes of Ray Donovan. Then we've got Mr. Aaron Lustig as Guri. And he's got an interesting, uh, he's got an interesting career as well. A lot of film work. Uh, He was in Leap of Faith in 1988, Ghostbusters 2 in 1989. Uh, One of my favorite movies, Darkman. And he was in Darkman and Edward Scissorhands in 1990. He did an episode of Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap is kind of a gateway show for this version of Star Trek. Like, okay, with Bakula, with Bakula being the captain, if you were in an episode of Quantum Leap, you kind of got a free pass to be on Star Trek. <laughs> that makes sense. He also did an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air and showed up in the 1994 version of The Shadow. Uh, with Alec Baldwin. Did you ever see The Shadow? I haven't seen that, no. If you dig the 1940s gangster, mm-hmm. but like superhero type thing, The Shadow yeah. the shadow is obviously based on uh, the pulp adventure character of the same name. 
but it's played by Alec Baldwin and it is just such a great slice of the nineties. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, it's worth checking out if you've never seen it. And uh, of course that led up to his first uh, appearance in the franchise, uh, an episode of Star Trek Voyager season one, episode eight, ex post facto. He played the doctor and that was in 1995. Uh, we've got a couple of notes here, uh, how this was received in 2013. The Mosh, the Morton report, felt this was one of the standout episodes of the season and called it a successful example of the writers combining a ship episode, which basically meant that it was, you know, fairly low tech. It was, um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of dialogue, which to me translates into character driven, which that's, those are always the best episodes of any Star Trek show is where, Hey, we don't really have a lot of effects, but the characters really go through it. Um, and it was a sus- su- suspenseful, somewhat more action-oriented approach. So that was really great. And in 2014, the AV Club noted this episode as one of the 10 of this series that epitomize what the show is about, with the crew operating at the very edge of their knowledge and their technology, and praised its fascinating premise. And like we said before, like this ship, they were focused on it going on it going as fast as they could get. They kind of forgot a lot of shielding and protection. (laughs) But I feel like, and I've mentioned this on a couple of episodes before, I feel like Starfleet's whole attitude towards this particular voyage of Enterprise is like, all right, go out there, have fun, kids, and uh, whatever yeah, breaks. You're on your own. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever breaks. Tell us when you get back, if you get back, and uh, we'll fix it for the next voyage. Yeah, and I'm honestly surprised. Like, I guess maybe because it's so long, it's it's quite long um, for what it is with how many episodes there are per season. Yeah, uh, I'm wondering like how they like. Obviously, they're smart to a certain extent. Oh, and sure. they figure it out every time. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like realistically, these people would have been blown up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Just that ep- they blown up, but they the- have a vault on board. So that's, that's the key. Exactly. I mean, the fact that they were able to get out of the minefield, the shielded cloaked mines um, with only a minimal with minimal damage, uh, yeah. thanks to the skills of Mr. Travis Mayweather, is uh, yeah, just shy of a miracle, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's just perfect people. They just like pick perfect. Okay, we got yeah. it. We got a perfect cast here. Exactly. Like, <laughs> hey, let's let's get a uh, let's get a linguistics professor to yeah. build our universal translator. Um, she's not an astronaut. Ah, eh, details. That's Don't worry fine. about it. He's gonna do great. And this he's doctor, do- he knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, to be honest, I feel like of everyone that's on the ship, the best suited is probably Travis Mayweather and Doc Fox. Yes. Because they can just, they make whatever happen as opposed to Reed who like he's in charge of stuff blowing up and he's had a couple things sort of slip through his fingers of like, you know, mm-hmm. I would want my ar- armorer to be a little more savvy. <laughs> You gotta while, have something. while you're handling ordnance and we're in deep space. <laughs> you, always have, you have to have your loose ends somewhere. Exactly. He's yeah. That's the you know Reed. He's the quiet British wild card. Yeah. <laughs> well, in 2016, Vox rated this one of the top 25 essential episodes of all Star Trek. They described the episode as a fun look at the rough and tumble early days of Starfleet. And I got to agree in uh, 2021, the digital fix said this episode was entertaining and one of the good episodes from season two. So I have a feeling that number might be smaller than they've let us, than they've led us to believe. Yeah. Good episode. (laughs) Yeah. One of the one just of the, the good episodes. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before and I, I think I feel, I think my thoughts and feelings about enterprise kind of align more with yours. I dig this. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's not a perfect show. Right. Name a perfect, name a perfect show. Like this, this is, it's, it's fun. And yeah, it's not without its issues, but I mean, if you look over star Trek throughout the years, maybe not in chronological order, like we're doing here, but from the beginning in 19, uh, 1966, 
to now, I think you can definitely see where things have progressed across mm-hmm. the board exponentially. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, well, I'm always, I'm always a huge fan of the juxtaposition of humans and learning other things. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think that's an important thing for them to go through, but they go through it every single time. Yep. And I mean, it just makes it, I think more people should watch the whole yeah. Star Trek in general because of that. And it, it really like as a kid, you're seeing it and you're like, okay, well, I guess I can learn about other people. Yeah. You know, we're all aliens. Yeah. We're all aliens. We're, we're all aliens, aliens. To, to, to everybody else. I mean, you know, it, in, in our own uniqueness, it does separate us from everyone. So mm-hmm. to be a true explorer, if we, and I've mentioned this on the show before, but if we stand at any chance of getting out there, we have to make the connections here first. Yeah. We've got to be able to work together towards a common good. And I think that's been really interesting to see here in real life in the COVID pandemic of, hey, if we don't work together, we're all going to (laughs) die. And then you've got the other side that's like, well, I don't want to. And you're like, okay, well, then I'll work with everybody and we'll just see where we get, see where you get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, look, I want to be as respectful as I can of everybody's thoughts and hopes and beliefs and this, that, and the other thing. But at some point we all kind of have to go, Hey man, you sure about that? Yeah. Like, are you helping or hurting? (laughs) Yeah. It's look, look, we're all part of the human race. We, Mm -hmm. we want everybody to be okay. Mm -hmm. You'd think that. Yeah. You, you yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you know, there are bad guys in Star Trek. That's true. It's listen, it, there's no such thing as a good guy without a bad guy. You gotta yeah. have, you, you can't have a hero without a villain. <laughs> Unless we're all heroes. Exactly. Each other from. Exactly. So um, final thoughts here. Do you, uh, you mentioned it at the top, but how would you rank your thoughts and feeling now? Obviously you're going to have some nostalgia for next gen, I imagine, yeah. but how does this stack up with, the original series and next gen and other shows in the TNG area and the, and um, the new, the new shows. It makes me want to continue to watch it. Mm-hmm. Although I will say um, from what I saw of the next episode, I'm not a big fan of that one. So I'm just going to like pass that. It was, <laughs> it was like a bottle episode. It's kind of like, it's just like, eh, where are we okay. going? <laughs> but I get it. It's, it's, it's okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, obviously, Next Gen is going to be always number one for me. And I think, I don't know that there's going to be a show ever that can top it. Yeah. Um, and then Picard was obviously like just nostalgia, just pure nostalgia. I was yeah. about to unadulterated, but. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get to see them be friends. And it's real nice. Um, but. I mean, there's, you know, there's always going to be stuff you want to change about some things, um, but I think it, it, it's pretty okay from what I've seen. I'm going to continue to watch it. Yeah. Can we talk about one thing, though? Please. Absolutely. Um, Go for it. What made him think that bringing a beagle into space was a good idea? A beagle? <laughs> Why? <laughs> sir, sir, that is a dog. Also, out onto other planets? what yeah sir no well again it's you know so so his dad so his dad built the ship and uh he's a good pilot okay yeah we'll make him a diplomat what kind of thought process is that like what are you doing yeah (laughs) we'll make some we'll we'll let some stick jockey make first contact with all these races really exactly smart move starfleet good job it's it's no it's it's a miracle all the other races didn't band together and just come destroy our planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, really? Are they all like this, Jonathan Archer? Let's just yeah, go ahead. There's a lot, there's a lot out there for them not to be like, hey, this one, it's gotta go. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and take care of this little <laughs> smear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, and I've thought of you know, you've met you've met my dog Max. He's absolutely yeah. adorable and just but would so- you take him into space? 
That's the question. Would, <laughs> would I? T- Here, here's the How thing. Possible is that if I'm going, I got to take my wife. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. If she's going, she's definitely not going to want to leave him. True. So you're and, not going to save. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now here's now here's here's the other here's the other part that may change your mind or give you something to ponder. This is the future. And we've extended life, uh, you know, life expectancy of seemingly, seemingly all creatures across the board. So maybe Porthos is more, maybe Porthos might have some genetic enhancements. I'm not saying Porthos. What if he's straight up an alien? (laughs) What if, what if there's a whole planet out there with like, what if, no, you know what? I don't even want to. I'm gonna spoil the rest of the thing for me because, like, what if he could talk? Like, <laughs> I've, always, I've always thought, you know what, dogs. Well, here recently, I, you know, when I come home or when we get up in the morning, and my wife is already, you know, either in the office or in the kitchen or moving around or whatever, and I get up and you know we start going through our morning routines. One of the things I do with Max is I'll I'll you know where's mommy? Where is she? And the other day, my hand to God strike me dead. If I'm lying, I said, where is she? And he went, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, with it. did you just, did you just talk? You're hallucinating. I might be, I might be, <laughs> I do, I do, I do take some special gummies to sleep. So maybe, maybe they didn't wear off when yeah, I woke that, up. That's, the the explanation for that there it is yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh thank you so much for joining uh for joining us for this episode you have been an absolute delight and then we'll have you back on whenever you'd like to talk about whatever episode you want open Yay! invitation oh gosh well this episode premiered on december 18th 2002 on upn two days later on fox we would get the true Space Western, and the first installment of what many nerds consider to be the greatest fandom tragedy. <laughs> Next week, we'll be joined by Computer Resume podcast regular Mrs. Ren Sims for our first Star Trek adjacent subject. That's right, folks. We will be discussing season one, episode one, the pilot episode titled Serenity of the much beloved sci fi series from Mr. Joss Whedon, Firefly which is included with your subscription to Hulu. So I am really looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. That's super cool. Yeah, I I recently rewatched it and uh, the pilot episode, just the pilot episode alone. Gosh, it holds up. It's it's (laughs) so good. It's It's so good. I started watching it because my husband hasn't seen it. So I tried to force him to watch it. And he's like looking at it like, what what are we watching? And I'm like, this is so good. (laughs) (laughs) like why are we doing this i'm like this is amazing oh yeah well i mean this i mean it started up uh so december 2002 i you know back in the summer summer of 2002 i had just graduated high school so i was prime for this show and it it missed me entirely i didn't i didn't end up seeing it until long after the series had ended and long after the movie had come and gone Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, man, oh man, I, I think if I had, if I had followed this thing week to week and watched this show from beginning to end, I might have driven to Hollywood and kicked in whoever's, yeah. whoever's door had the office of the person who said, you know what, we're just going to screw up the order of the episodes and make it unwatchable and cancel this thing. I think, and- honestly, I think a lot more people had watched it as coming up. Obviously it would still be, you know. Oh Yeah wouldn't have messed up but oh yeah well we will we will get into all of that next (laughs) week so ren tell everybody where people can find your work and view your lovely tiktok videos and see your fantastic uh tattooing skills Yes. Um, well, uh, my TikTok is, I think it's Ren Marie Tattoos. Honestly, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> I think I made everything the same. Um, okay. And I have a website uh, now. It's RenMarieTattoos.com. So you can go there. I have portfolio on there. I also have my wait list is on there as well. Um, I'm actually moving 
to a new studio um, in October, and it's going to be all female, which is I'm I'm very excited about that. Very I've been cool. That for a long time, so yeah. that's going to be really good. Um, it's in Lyman, South Carolina, so it's only 20 minutes away from where we are now, um, and it's only like 20 minutes from where I live, so it's not even that much of a difference, but it's going to be a really good environment. It's, it's much more my style. And I think my clients are going to really enjoy that. That's great. And where can people uh, annoy you online? Uh, Rimmery tattoos on Instagram. Um, or, you know, obviously I said my website, rimmerytattoos.com. You can go on there and enter my wait list to work with me in the future. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in 10 forward. subspace transmissions to computer resume podcast at gmail.com or at computer resume on facebook twitter and instagram the computer resume podcast was created and produced by mr todd a davis our logo was designed by will martin and justin bishop the opening theme was produced by justin bishop our outro music was provided with permission by drone node additional music was provided by mr todd a davis and gary horn and i'm cat davis at that dot darn dot cat with a k on Instagram, the Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We're probably got some phasers and shuttle pods. And we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?